The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Rogers, and on this week's Welsh Wire, we're presenting the best of 2019, highlights of some of the most interesting interviews that Sherry Welsh did this year. Coming up first, David Roy, president of the Marana Group, talks with Sherry about rebooting company identity. So how did you roll it out? Once everyone knew internally, you decided on the name, the colors, the logo, all the things you had to change. I mean, the big deal was making the announcement to your your community, your clients, your customers, your neighbors. Correct. So we, our biggest concern starting out, we, we vocalized this in the very beginning when working with Traction, is we said, we do not want to uh, give the uh, feeling that we've been sold or purchased. Mm. We want we want to continue yeah. that. Uh, yeah, because that, that could be a very easy thing for folks to assume. Absolutely. In today's environment. See, oh, yeah, you know, and, you're right. And, a lot of mergers and acquisitions going on yeah, right now. Yeah. You change your sign out front of your building and they're going to assume somebody bought you and you're gone. That's right. And I we see, got we you. see a lot yeah. of that with we see a lot of that with uh, customers in our banking community. You, you don't change sure. a bank slowly. You change a bank. Right now. Right. And, and one day the name has changed out front and right. holy smokes, what just happened? Yeah. So, got so you. we engaged, uh, we engaged, uh, Cynthia K from Cynthia CK and company in, um, uh, Grand Rapids to put together a introductory video about who we are today and where we're going tomorrow and how that name change, uh, fits in. And they came down and shot the video. And in fact, uh, at the time we shot the video with our people here in the facilities, uh, the people, our people in the video didn't know that that was what the video was for. Oh my goodness. And so when we rolled it out to them at our annual, uh, associate meeting, that was the first time they had seen it. That's the first time they had heard. That's the, that's the message that we use to the message we use to convey to them. Hey, our name is going to be changed. Oh, terrific. Did so they love it? They did. And, and our customers have responded very, very well. Very how did you use that video? Tell, tell us how you used so, it. What did, um, YouTube, probably. Yeah, certainly YouTube, uh, email, uh, direct emails, uh, even, um, uh, even in hard copy mail, we had a, a, a short bit.ly link in it that said, if you'd like to see the video, sending out QR codes uh, to clients in hard copy. If you'd like to see it, come visit our, our website. And then we work with our marketing partners uh, here in here in the Kalamazoo area. Uh, it's Miller Auditorium. We've been uh, a sponsor of their Spotlight Series for almost two decades. Uh, Gilmore Keyboard Festival, we do all of their live streaming. Uh, the University of Notre Dame Athletics, we do uh, marketing with them in virtually every sport. And so we work with them to say, here's what's coming. You can't say anything yet, but when we go, we're going to go ready to go live. Right. And so now it appears, now our logo and our brand appears everywhere that we had it before. And then I think on Saturday, uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in an upcoming Saturday, uh, Notre Dame will be uh, handing out trading cards for their hockey team. Marana Group trading cards that, oh, that have you know, all the stats of individual players on yeah. sponsored by Marana Group. So Love right down it. to the right down to the individual uh, premium, the trink uh, the trinkets, you know, the, right. the swag. Um, are we've had a we've had to produce that out. Had it all ready to go. Let me go back to yeah. the video for a minute, David, because yeah. that's um that's a really interesting way to reveal your name change, but also to make sure that the world sort of knows who you are and what you do. Yes, because it's um. 
it's also uh, a marketing announcement, if you will. Yes. Because um, there could be people looking at that for the first time who never even knew you as like Michigan Mailers, but now we're saying, Moronic Ripple, what is that? Correct. I think that's real genius it to have worked, done that. I would love to have taken credit for that. That was actually uh, that was actually something that Cynthia and Cam worked out together. Yeah. Uh, they they came to our office and, and sat in a room with me, and they were almost talking a language that I didn't understand about how we might do this, and, and, and they were using terms that, quite frankly, I don't understand but the end product was why this looks really good it's very smooth and it was an upbeat warm message that we wanted to get out and we really wanted to be in control of that message right from the very beginning yeah and and i recall seeing that and getting that in my inbox and looking at it It was awesome were you able to track the stats on that through yes absolutely Uh, highest highest video we've ever put out um and and then it flowed into um our last element which was uh sending out promotional material uh, along again with that same message, same family, same, uh, or same, the, the tagline that we used is same company, same people, new name, new horizons. Mm, and we sent that out like with uh, a series of gifts and promotional material that we picked up, uh, through, and we didn't come up with these ideas. Uh, we worked with, uh, uh Bonnie Alfonso out of, uh, Traverse City over at, uh, Alfie Local Gear, who put yeah. all that together for us. Great. Yeah. So you had a wonderful team surrounding oh my gosh, you yeah. and we couldn't have done to it implement them. each stage of this. Absolutely. So you would say that was a success. Yes. Now, ultimately, it's not for me to judge. It's, it's right. for our customers to judge, to say, you right. know, how has that been? But our response that we've had from our customers has been anywhere from a, a spectrum of anywhere from good, don't care, to fantastic, love the new name, love the new logo. So... We're happy with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to get you a lot of mileage into the future. We hope so. Yeah. We think so. Uh, we think it, it gives us, uh, it allows us to talk more freely with clients. We literally had in the days and months leading up to our announcement, uh, both myself and uh, Marty Lilly, my vice president, and I had two customers tell us on separate occasions, boy, Lake Michigan Millers is a really dumb name for you guys. And <laughs> it's... Thank, uh, thank you. Right. Thank you, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I get it, uh, yeah. because we were not working with them on a mailing project. Yeah, we were right. working with them on a data and document project but they that had nothing to do with mail. Yeah, but they weren't the only clients that you were doing just other types of Correct. work for. So, Correct. I mean, so that's just, a great example yeah, of it where it, why you needed to do Correct. it and why it didn't fit anymore. Yeah. It couldn't have been any more plain to you, Correct. I'm sure, at that point. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Next. Sherry gets risk management advice from Matt Rampey, Senior Manager of the Forensic Valuation and Litigation Services Group at Bean Garter. I think you're saying that uh, you really got to, you got to be pushing all the time, looking around the corner, being in touch with what's happening in your industry, your marketplace, your region, to know where you where you need to be headed and it's, and encourage the company to go there. That's right. And I think it, from my valuation lens, um, you know, I try and look as a disinterested buyer or or, you know, buyer would look at the company and they they're not buying the past. They're not paying for the past. Value mm-hmm. business valuation is based on the future. Right. So I I might look at your past and say, "Hey, that's great. You had great cash flow, you had great growth, but what's the future going to be?" Yeah. Cuz that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. So how do you overcome that? What are your suggestions there? I I think the the core suggestion is innovation. Um, okay. I think obviously you wanna you want to grow that revenue. You wanna you can 
do tactically things like trying new product lines, looking at new geographies, looking at new, some of the stuff we talked about, new customers, new products, kind of what can you do? Taking, I think having systems in place where your company is always looking around the corner, Mm -hmm. you're always gazing, somebody's gazing into the future or Mm -hmm. you periodically get together to do that. Look at the industry, look at the trends. Sometimes for some companies, it does feel like watching paint dry because you say, hey, you know, we've we've been doing this and nothing is changing. Right. You know, why do we, why should we keep doing this? Um, And some are very, very rapidly changing. So I understand that there can be different dynamics, but I think you can't get caught off guard if you're always looking. Right. Right. And and that is hard to do, um, you know, often in smaller companies in particular, there's a wrestle with leadership between working in the business Mm -hmm. and working on the business. Absolutely. And this is a working on the business kind of a thing that, um, that is hard to do sometimes for leaders and and family business leaders are caught up in that just as much as any are. I'm a business owner too. And I know how that is. And it is a wrestle. Yep. And so is my wife, and it's this. It's the. It is a wrestle, right? Because you know you need to work on the business, but there's so much in the business right. that demands your attention and time. Right, and innovation is is one of those things that we all want to do, and it's and we know it's important to do. But how do you find the time to do it? And I, I think what you're saying is somebody needs to own that, right? Yes. You're, you're saying you you need an appointed champion and whether you spend, you know, uh, an hour a week on it or an hour a day on it, uh, whatever seems to make sense for your operation, but yep. someone needs to be the champion appointed to spend time thinking about the future of your company or yikes. In two real quick things I would say is you think about how a big company does R&D. They're not trying to get it right every single time. They're taking 10 shots, hoping they make one. Right. So I think it's that continuous small tests that can get you there. Yeah. Continuous iteration. And I think an advantage family businesses have is lean, like we said about the generational, lean on that next generation because they have a totally different perspective. Right. And they'll have ideas, trust me. Oh, <laughs> they'll, yes. They'll have opinions. <laughs> it, 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 but in the best of ways you know, lean into that conversation and say, this is what works. But also I want to hear, what are your ideas? What do you see in the future? What yes. is your perspective? What do people like you want? Because uh, I think there can be things learned from that. And maybe they own the innovation. Right, right. Absolutely. Because you're beyond the family leaders in the company. There are a lot of people on the staff. There, there are people on your lines that have got great to listen to them and bring them into the innovation process is terrific. And, um, and when it comes to attracting talent into an organization, you know, everyone wants to play on a winning team, yeah, right? Absolutely. So a company that's innovating and cutting edge and listens to its employees and brings them in, creates a culture, a winning culture, a winning team that's attractive to talent. And of course, we know the value that top talent brings right to yep. an organization. That, that's probably the fourth problem that we're not going to talk about is tight talent market. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's the solution. Innovation. Yep. yep. So if you, if you do innovation, well, you're going to not only retain the great people that you have, but also yeah. become a magnet yeah. to attract great people who will just feed into that for you and help keep things going. So you talk a little bit too about really creating a focus on sales and marketing. Sometimes that's an afterthought when things are going really well, but you're saying focus on it. Right. 
Now, insight on how you can step back and set your company's vision. Sherry hears from leadership expert and professional facilitator, Dr. Dino Signori. Why Why do we need a plan? I mean, what, tell us about that. Why is that so important foundationally? Well, it, it helps people uh, that you have in your company uh, you know, become aligned with where you are going. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the role of the leader is to set that vision, that big picture where they want the company to go. Uh, when these companies are beginning to grow for the first time, uh, the, everything feels like it's urgent. You know, everything is just right. – their hair is on fire. They're just running after the next thing. And, yeah. and that's all right for a period of time. But they have to every once in a while pause and, and, and step back and work on what's important in the company and and having a strategic vision you know a long-range plan uh, where you want to go is where you would start and then you have to be thinking about how does that apply to what we're doing today so right you look futuristic and you come back to where you are today right just gives people kind of that 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 plan that guideline that outline Here's that touch point go. so to speak yeah point. yeah and, and it's not it's not like you etch this in stone and you, and you say here we're going to follow this exactly for the next five years because it doesn't always go that way. You have to be able to be adaptive and nimble and change it. So it's a, it's actually a way of thinking as well as having actually a written plan. So right, yeah. right. And you had shared with us too earlier that sometimes when you work with companies, they're in various states of a plan. They may have a plan mm-hmm. that they're not following. They have no plan at all. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you're working with companies, they're all over the continuum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with where they're at. They may have tried something and it didn't work. Yeah, that's always the fun part when you first begin to uh, find out where they are. It's like, well, what are you working on? And you want to look at, uh, have you got a plan? And sometimes you find that you know they, they don't at all, and that's why they've called me, and they mm-hmm. want to know, hey, can you help us do this? Sometimes they've 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 got a plan, but but it's not adaptive, and they need to change. They don't know how to change it. So, um, sometimes they they don't even have a model. They don't. That's their biggest issue. Like, well, what model do we follow if we're going to do you know create strategy? So I can come in and give them you know a, a, a sort of quick assessment. Here's where I think you know you are, but here's a model we can use and so that we can begin to you know create that vision so, right uh, and, and that that's usually a, a great starting point for that, that can help a lot mm-hmm. sure and you've got some very well defined thoughts about strategy some ideas about what it is and also what it isn't. Tell yeah. us a bit about that, Dino. Well, think about also, too, what the, re- the leader's role is, I believe, is, is a place to go to. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the founder, the CEO of the company, I think that their primarily jobs are, are to set this vision. That's really where they should be mostly uh, thinking. And sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, They've got to, once they've set that vision, then they start building their management team around that. And that word building is kind of an interesting uh, piece. Uh, then they have to orchestrate change. And that could be the hardest part for them is that now something's going to change. Sure. Their role, their people's role all has to change. And then what comes after that is uh, dealing with and managing conflict. How do they manage through conflict is what they kind of look at. Uh, and so – what I think should be done with strategy, first off, is I believe you need to have outside help doing it. Um, it's it's rather difficult to to do it by yourself. It's 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 not as effective if the if the CEO does it you know by by himself. Uh, and and even when they involve their team, still having somebody from the outside to be objective is is also a good idea. To yeah, have that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, no, another set of eyes and ears looking at the situation very differently. We kind of get myopic when we. We, we can, yeah. and, because there's two parts of strategy. There's an external analysis and there's an internal analysis. Mm-hmm. And most uh, entrepreneurs, founders, small companies, I know they're really good at looking at that externally to their company, looking for opportunities. But when you you have to open up the hood of the engine and yes. look inside, then things are, you know, all bets are off at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, for yeah. sure, for sure. You've said that strategy is not an event. Right. It's a way of thinking. That's right. Tell us more about that. Well, I think 
the what you typically find is people will say, well, we've got our annual event scheduled and we did strategy that well last January. We did it last year. We put it on a whiteboard. Yeah. We wrote down 10 things we want to do. We're good. Yeah, we're we good. And it's like, you know, that, yeah, you probably that's that's more tactical than it is. Uh-huh. You know, that's you just, right. You, you schedule something. That's fine. Right. Uh, but strategy is an executive way of thinking. And and I, when you see when I work with a lot of those, the smaller firms, that's yet what they're developing is that ability to think strategically because you have to do it all the time. Yeah. So it's if it's so part of what I do is I, I have the model and I try to teach the model so that they can continue to do it all the time because it has to have this, this continuity aspect to it. It has to be constantly done. Right. So. Right. I've worked before with the concept of a real time strategic planning. I'm sure you've probably heard about that too. Mm-hmm. So you know you, when you have that vision, that mission, that touch point for who you are and who you want to become, right. and you're funneling every action and every activity through that and saying, does that match? In real time, you're constantly updating. Right. The strategy when it becomes a way of thinking as opposed to 10 items on a board. Sure. Finally on today's show, Mike Ritzema, president of i3 Business Solutions, tells Sherry why it's important that your business has layers of cybersecurity. You've been a technology leader. You know your space and you've been really, really good at it, even though you kind of retooled several times along the way. So from that technology expertise, can you share three things, Mike, that every business leader needs to know? Three good tips, because our listeners love stuff they can take away and put to use in their business today. Yeah, absolutely. Three things. You know, I say technology marches on, and certainly over the last uh, what, 17 years now, we've had to morph and change with that technology. 17 years ago, we sold hardware, made big money selling hardware. Guess what? It's cheap and we've gone to the cloud. Yeah. And I say in business, Sherry, any business owner or executive is interested in four things. It's productivity. How can I do more with less? It's profitability. I want to make sure I'm making money and not go bankrupt like GM or Chrysler. Mm-hmm. It is innovation. How can I be different than the other guys? And number four is risk management. Three types of risk. Physical. Let's make sure stuff's not going out the back door. That's right. Financial. Let's make sure we've got enough money coming in the front door. And technological. Let's make sure I don't get the crypto wall. So my my first piece of advice as technology marches on is have layers of security from a cloud layer. Oops, I clicked on the wrong FedEx link. It went to the wrong website. It's sending me bad stuff. A cloud layer. Somebody watching the dark web or any of my passwords out there. Let's have a firewall so the bad guys don't get in. Let's protect the ad- desktop with antivirus and patching. And then let's educate our people. And lastly, let's have a backup so that if something bad does happen, I can go back two or four hours, get all the information I lost or was encrypted. Let's make sure we've got layers of technology security and it's updated every day, every week. Somebody's keeping an eye on it. We hear a lot about cybersecurity and technology security. That is a hot, hot topic for businesses of all sizes, and that is great advice. And I think what I hear you saying is uh, you're really not going to have much if you don't have that in place first. I mean, that that's where it all starts. You, you, can have the, you can have the greatest bells and whistles, but if you're not protected as an organization at each one of these levels, you're at serious risk and you have a problem you got to deal with now. For you, for me, for business owners, executive risk is number one. Yeah. What so, else would you share? What's another great tip? That, not that that's not good enough, but I bet you got a few more. 
Yeah, and number two is embrace the cloud. And and you know, again, we came out of applications in the '90s and centralized information systems. What is an information system? Well, it is a place to uh, place information so we can get our work done. And I say embrace the cloud. And as you do that, uh, centralize your information. I rail against islands of information. And so what does that look like? Well, if you've got a small business today and you're using Dropbox and then you've got to log in for, say, Trello or Slack, or, and then you've got to log in for Rike and you're using the Adobe suite and you're using Gmail over here for, for email, I say, that's madness to have five logins and information all over the place. And no, I thought I sent you that spreadsheet. Is it on Dropbox or did I email it? What's the right version? No, let's embrace the cloud. Let's embrace systems or platforms. What's a system or a platform? Well, certainly Apple is a system, the iCloud, the iPhone, the uh, uh, email, email and so on from Apple. And certainly G... Google Suite, Business Suite, great suite with everything from Drive to Documents to email, uh, great platform, and Microsoft Office 365. So I say, let's try and centralize information so we can search in one place, very secure, and find it, rather than hunt across a half a dozen or a dozen logins. That's a really great tip. And that that happens just sort of accidentally, almost organically, doesn't it? That you know, someone you're dealing with uses this or a new technology pops up in that and, and you find yourself across working across all of those spaces almost by accident. You really didn't intend to get there, but you end up there. So it's more of a caution. Yes. Maybe even to say, watch out for that. Don't do that. Try to minimize the number of platforms that you work across. Absolutely. Great advice in that hierarchy. Great advice. Um, what one other thing? Another yeah. tip that you have? Yeah, I'd say number three is you know work with your IT person or organization to create a roadmap that connects your your business or your organization to. A technology plan. So let's make sure that, my goodness, with all the potential of uh, technology to help us be more productive and profitable and manage risk, let's make sure we're working with our technology team to create a roadmap or uh, a strategic technology plan for the next one to five years to accomplish what we want to do in the business. We hope you've enjoyed the Welsh Wire Best of 2019. See you next year with more great interviews by Sherry Welsh. Thank you for listening to the Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.